recording in three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, another one. We're doing another one. We're doing another round of these. And uh, in front of me, I have the man with the most awesome name in jiu-jitsu, Django Erso. <laughs> you have an amazing name. Come on. <laughs> that's one of the most, that's, 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 that's amazing. And it's really funny because, yeah. Because it is actually my real name. A lot of people think that it's like a apelido, man. Yeah, but, like know, it's, it's my real name. It's the name I know that makes it even better. How dare you? How dare you have such a name? Yeah, sure. How dare you have such a cool name? How dare you? Well, first off, I do have to mention Choke and Chill. Choke and Chill, you have been very great for us. Thank you so much for believing in the cause. Thank you so much for letting us include you as a sponsor in the things. Monkey Grips, Monkey Tape. Monkey Tape hey, has I been... Those, bro. <laughs> we all do. We all do. Those are lifesavers. Monkey Tape, thank you so much that you invented yourself, that you came to be. <laughs> because all those other tapes, they just don't, they just don't do it. They just you come are, up. Yeah, they just come up. Monkey Tape is a class above all others. It is true. I want to thank NSA. NSA is one of the guys that actually works with me and he makes custom uh, rash guards. Oh, wow. They look amazing. Yeah. Quality is top. It's, uh, it's not from some, from some sketchy country with sketchy thing. No, everything is you can go there and everything like that. It's, it's above board, everything nice. And I think we have everyone for now. If anybody wants to be a sponsor, <laughs> I would love. Speaking of which, I have this background right now, mm -hmm. and I would love to have a big white background full of patches. So yeah, I need cool. a un I need one of your patches. Man. So you basically so <laughs> so I have to sponsor you already, right? And give you I want that. Yes, yes. Yeah, yes. I am going to shamelessly. We'll I'm going to ask for a nice, nice patch. No problem. I'll get you a patch. <laughs> no problem at all. I'll, I'll get you two even. I'll get you the United Fighters one and the NS Brotherhood one. Yeah, because we're affiliated with NS Brotherhood. So. Uh. I'll get you two. I would no love way. that. I would love how. Did, okay, okay. Let's go. How did you get to NS? Why NS Brotherhood? And why why the name Unity that you start? Because Unity is your gym here in the no, Netherlands. No, no, no. Uh, uh, the name of our team is United Fighters. Like United Fighters. Sorry, yeah. United Fighters is. I was thinking of Paulo Miao Unity. <laughs> that's yeah, that's well, where I got. Actually, we really like that name as well, Unity. But hey, it was taken already, so. United Fighters is an amazing name. How did you get to the name, man? How did it... Um... Um, it, it wasn't just me because I started the team with, um, with, with, your, with, with Jasmine, who's been on this show, with, yeah. you, with Niels. So we all started oh, awesome. the team together. And, and, you know, when we were like brainstorming about the name and the reason why we started the team, it was like, yeah, what, what's important to us? And, and one of the things was really... That whole feeling of, you know, family, inclusiveness, people, different people with different backgrounds, different mindsets, but all doing, you know, coming together, united, you know, uniting around the certain things. And we also wanted to um, have another aspect in that name that would reflect like the competitive spirit that we all had, even though we're all very different. Um, but the reason that we became good friends back in the days was because we were always going together to competitions. Of course, not just in Holland, but to the Euros, to London, 
to all these places year in, year out. And then, you know, you, you form like a bond. So we wanted to, to pay homage to that, um, to that background. So, so we're praising like, yeah, okay, United, what? Yeah, United competitors, no, because then it's going to be like only, only, only competing. No, but we, oh, United fighters. Yeah, let's do that. So that was it. <laughs> That was a great name. A yeah, great so that's the background too. to that and, and how come we're affiliated with NS Brotherhood. Yeah. Of course, that's not just our team. More teams um, in Holland are. That's really simple um, because the person of Augusto Ferrari, who you've met as well, he's like, yeah, somebody very important to, to a lot of people that practice Jiu-Jitsu today. Um, he's also... My teacher, the man that gave me my black belt and my first oh, degree. Augusto uh, is an amazing guy. Wherever yeah, you are, Augusto, if you ever listen guy. to this, you are awesome. Jaggy uh, Plata all the way. Yeah, but, but he, he's not just amazing because of the person that he is, because we've become good friends over the years, actually. Mm -hmm. But also that he opened the door for us to get into contact with a lot of like, with a different style of jiu-jitsu, with like high-level guys. You know, because he, formerly they were all Cicero Costa. So he met a lot of people. Um, one year he sent one of his friends, so Professor Browndell, by the name of Mauricio Cristo, who also became a friend who stayed with us, trained with us. Oh, you know, and, 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 and he, he was really instrumental to us, like helping elevate our level, you know. So that, that's really how I look at Augusto. Also, he's just as a person, he's like a, like a class act and how he teaches, how he interacts. I also, yeah, I learned a lot from that, yeah. I mean, in the, back in the day, he came over to Malaysia. Long time ago, know, he went over there. Man, I had I a good time with him. I had a good time learning from him. That was the first, that was one of the first Brazilian black belts that showed up in uh there to teach us it was uh it was, awesome. it, it was the first that i ever wrote with in my life and one year we went to the europeans um and we met him there because he, he was also fighting and i believe that we were blue belts and he was already black belt of course and he did the open and then his weight and you know he coached us he chilled with us etc etc and then we accompanied him through that whole process, him taking on all these, these black belts and how, you know, how humble he was, but also how good and how, you know, it made a big, big, big impression. We were just standing there because he, he came by himself and we were like students, of course. We didn't know anything about jiu-jitsu. And, you know, after each fight, you know, he'd come to us like, hey guys, what did you think? Did you like it? Did you have some water? And yeah, it's just, Inspiring person. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, I know, man. I know. Shout out to Augusto. Shout Augusto, out to Augusto. I, I you so are many, great, man. I so, have so many stories about training with him. Like, um, so I wrote with him when I was a white belt. But I was like, because back in those days, a black belt was like, I don't know, like an alien. Like somebody coming up the spaceship, <laughs> you know, let alone a Brazilian. An like, angel. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. So, man, I, I, I almost froze up. And he was like, no, forget I'm a black belt. Just roll, just roll. You know, he was like a super cool guy. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, that was amazing. How and then long? He, and then he killed me, but that's a different story. <laughs> yeah, of course. They're, suppo they're supposed to do that. The black belts, I mean, <laughs> black belts nowadays are much nicer than the old school ones the old school ones they they sure. no, will roll just roll and everything like that when you see your <laughs> everything happens to you 
Yeah, man. How how long? How long ago did you? Because you got your black belt from Augusto. How long have uh, have how long have you been a black belt? And how long have you been on jujitsu at this whole time? Um, so I actually started training around 2004, 2005. I started training. Um, yeah, back then it was like really small, and um, I started training under a blue belt actually. From because you know back then blue belt, well still today, but then even more blue belts were teaching a lot. And I actually had a good teacher. Uh, he was from the Ricks and Gracie team, mm. um, and I started with them. Uh, he was teaching actually close to where I was living. And that's also how I met like Raul Hiwat. He's like the, I believe he's one of their highest ranking teachers now here in Holland. Oh yeah, that's true. Raul. From the Ricks and Gracie team. He's also interesting person to talk with, I think. And he was also coming there once in a while to train. And so I started with them and um, I was always involved in martial arts and then, oh, fighting on the ground. No, I don't like it. Yeah, okay, let's give it a go. And before you know it, you're hooked. Uh, but then they stopped. Um, they had some falling out with, with like the landlord, the, the owner of the gym. Um, you know how it is, always jujitsu, always. <laughs> yeah, man. Stuff a... like this happens, you know. <laughs> so they had to stop and I couldn't train anymore um, because I had small kids by then. And so I trained together with some guys, um, just some guys that were more focused on MMA. So we just did grappling, but they also thought good actually, like Sergey, like Virgil the Wind. Oh yeah, with, yeah. Those guys, like those old school MMA guys, came to train with us, and they knew Yasmin Silgobin, who's the first female black belt. And then she said, like, "Hey, I see that you really like this, blah blah blah. Why don't you come over to Team Agua?" And I, I think that was like 2007 or something, 2008. Then I started training at Team Agua, where of course Hank also trained. A lot of the people that you see now that have their own teams, they all started over in there in this yeah. region. Uh, like Amsterdam and surroundings, they all started there. That's where I know those guys from. And we started training there, and they already had this um, connection with Augusto because he already was like, yeah, he, he stayed in Holland for a few years. He was teaching there, so that that's basically the history. So I trained with Team Agua, open team that was around there, um, and that's also when I left left that team and started my own team together with, well, it's the, I say my team, but it's not my team as such. It's like our team, me and other people that we started it with, but also all the students, you know, it's our team. It's not, it's not a one-man show at all. The contrary, it's like, a, yeah, it's united, it's, you know, it's together. Yeah. yeah. You cannot okay. train jiu-jitsu by yourself, you know. <laughs> we see this now. We see this right now that it is impossible. Yeah. You and you need your partner. You need somebody there, man. Yeah, and then we, so you know, I started the own uh, with my friends. We started that team, um, yeah, because we 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 felt it was like really important to train in a certain way. Yeah, a little bit maybe um, a little bit more intense, a little bit more pushing it competition focus but not so much competition for the sake of competition but like competition as a tool to like you know expand your whole you know to keep pushing your own boundaries to get out of your comfort zone and competition can help with that but i mean not only competition of course good training a certain environment can also help you with that and we felt that it was time to to start building that environment ourselves so we started in 2015 I was a brown belt that year. Uh, we started in November. 
in January. Um, so Augusto gave us our blessing and support. He said, yeah, it's no problem. Start for yourself and I'll still be involved, you know, with graduations because I was not a black belt, I was a brown belt. And that year, no. So beginning of 2016, um, I fought the Euros, which I won. I was super happy. Yeah, yeah. And when Augusto that. came back, he promoted me to black belt. Yes, <laughs> I remember my brother. I really, oh, I saw it. I wasn't, where was I? I was in Brazil, I think, at that because, time. Yeah, because actually that year, a lot of the Malisa guys were, were also there. Like uh, Teddy Boy was there. Um, Terry Boy, Thierry was there. I believe Helen, no, that was the year before, I think. A lot of yeah. you guys fought there as well, so. Yeah, yeah, we didn't do so good. <laughs> Helen always did. Helen was awesome. Really all, all awesome. Really all, really all, Helen was very, and still very is. She's and that is one of the persons that I want to do. I've seen her art. fight many, many times. She's very good. <laughs> yeah, man, she's amazing. Never yeah. gave up, always kept, the, the, keep, kept going in this path, and it's, ah, yeah, yeah man. That is an amazing story. So I mean, that's a story, in short. Really and I mean, it's really funny. And maybe Hank said the same thing. But when we started our own team, so like, it's hard to start your own team. Because when we started, like, for the first year, we had, like, I don't know, three or four students that are still with us, by the way. Yeah, we had three or four students. And if maybe one person couldn't come or two, then it's like, man, there's always going to be almost no one on the mat. <laughs> <laughs> so the memories uh, of those days are really really super cool yeah. man i don't know yeah it's hard in the beginning no, no, is really, really in hard. the beginning and that's why i'm saying that it's definitely not like my team and that it's never a one-man show because in the beginning um me and the other founders we all had to like chip in to make the rent because you know the students that that, that wasn't paying the rent at all so and i mean i mean of course i I'm the oldest, so my life is already in a phase that, you know, was doable. But the other guys, when I say guys, I mean guys and girls, by the way, like Jasmine and Niels and Yuri, they were younger. So for them, it was maybe even like more of a sacrifice to, to have to do that because we were definitely not making money. We're not even like breaking even. We had to like, at the end of every month, sit down, sit together and say like, hey man, we're still, these are still paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh we got a chip in <laughs> oh man oh man but that is that does yeah i mean okay uh you didn't we all want the money but it does it's a good thing that you guys kept together and stayed together because that forms bonds come on they're For going sure. through hard sure. times together sure. that doesn't form simple friendship bonds. That's, that forms a brotherhood a, unite, a unity, as you said, a united essence in uh, everything like that. I think going through hard times together is uh, is what really shapes us in friendship. Yeah, and I really think that, especially in jujitsu, because there's so many hard times, so this is an example. But I mean, we didn't experience it as a hard time, but looking back at it, it was like, wow, man. But um, <laughs> Look where we came from. <laughs> your hard times on the mat, in competition, whatever, and it, it forms a bond that, which is like a double-edged sword, actually, that it, it becomes sort of like a family. And of course, you have functional families and you have dysfunctional families. And in Jiu-Jitsu, there's also like this, this um, I say, this risk of things becoming like a cult, uh, you know, which, which can happen. We're not going to talk about that. No, or we're, like, we're, we're not going to point fingers. But that's just because the races. bond is so, so, 
strong. And, and even with us, so like um, with Jasmine and with Gio, another uh, one of our friends and teammates, we drill together like, I believe, F well, we used to drill before Corona, like every Tuesday and Thursday. There you go. And we know each other so well that we almost don't need to speak. In fact, we don't speak a lot when we drill. And so when we go into the gym, because we, uh, we, we rent mat space in the gym, you've been there. One of the ladies behind the bar, she, she once asked me like, hey, so are all you guys family? Uh, are you all related? <laughs> Which we are not, not at all. But we don't even look alike. But, but, you know, that's the bond that even people see like them. They must be related the way they're interacting <laughs> that's Man. what you do you though yeah and there's it's something about <laughs> fighting each other and training with each other that forms a bond that, that yeah, does because maybe, maybe that's why it's like family because i actually grew up as an only child but i have like cousins that i'm close to mm -hmm. you know you can fight or maybe have brothers or sisters i don't know you know and sometimes yeah you'll fight with them but they're still your brother you know, <laughs> yeah, with my true. own kids, they have these discussions and five minutes later, they're like, hey, let's go into town. Oh, yeah, let's go. You know, because <laughs> you learn to like set, to not get stuck on the differences. And because we, you joke each other all the time, you cannot not get angry at all no. with each other, you know. Yeah, you joke. Yeah, you joke me. I joke you. Yeah, okay. It's part of the game. <laughs> yeah, okay. Let's get game, you know? yeah. Oh, man. You have... <laughs> You have some good guys fighting with you too. I remember going over there and uh, I had a hard time. <laughs> it was, I got back my and I started training with you guys. I said, this is good. This is good. This is high level. This is awesome. <laughs> These guys know what they're doing. Yeah, there are some, some really good guys. There are some really, and oh, girls, by the way. And, and girls, by the way. Well, with really guys, I, 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 I try to get everybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's some really good, very good ones. Mm it's funny because you know jiu-jitsu is really like hard and i had a student one day and he was really working hard and he was really you know struggling trying to get a technique sparring doing basically everything right you know he was doing great in my view but then after a few months he came to me and he said like shango or teacher or whatever he said he said like hey i've already been training for five six months and i've never tapped anyone is that normal <laughs> but, but he asked me seriously so and i felt for the guy because he was doing everything right and jiu-jitsu is just hard i said yeah man I'm, it's, it's normal trust you i didn't tap anyone for like the first two years you'll do better than me for sure actually i'm a black belt i teach these guys weeks go by and i don't tap them so you know <laughs> I have the same problem. It's part of it. <laughs> oh, students, white belts, wherever you are, take it easy, man. It's it's really yeah, weird. Don't, be, don't be too hard on yourself, especially no. if you're um, like lighter weight or whatever. Yeah, you'll be good. You'll have even be one of the best guys if if you're like lightweight and you stick with it. You'll be one of the best on the map. That is something I can swear to, and I can <laughs> hold on to. If anybody wants to learn jujitsu, find a lightweight. Find a, 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 a don't find a big a big guys are there good big guys out there they're really good big guys out there but if you want to learn technical and good and smart jujitsu find a small guy find somebody that is a lightweight that's um, because they 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 go through a different struggle than when you're big if you're big you 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 can use your weight a little bit but if you're small you go through a different the only reason everything I became, you do when you're small has to be like 
technically sound because otherwise it's not going to work. Whereas, mm. yeah, the more strength you have, the bit which, which goes yeah. with weight, yeah, then you can get away with stuff. Oh, yeah. I had to learn. <laughs> I had always had small teachers. So I, 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 I'm lucky. I'm one of the lucky ones. I learned a very, very technical, very flow. But, but were you, yeah, because you were always heavy, right? Because I remember when I like first saw you fighting, which was like, I don't know, like 2012, like back in the day. Purple belt? Purple belt. Yeah, that's something like that. That's, that's some time ago. No, it was, uh, let me see. Let me see, let me see, let me see. 14, I don't know. Fif 14, like in, 15, in, in Malaysia, something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, the Malaysia time. Because you were always, always, even though you're a big guy, you were always like flexible. And then you were like inverting a lot and then yeah i did some crazy shit at that time i was i i thought i thought at that time that the jiu even though you're a big guy even though you're a big guy i thought that that time the key to jiu-jitsu was berimbolos and tornado <laughs> sweeps and everything like that i only did that i went from... yeah but that's true isn't it <laughs> yeah <laughs> that is jiu-jitsu nowadays yeah 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 until i got to brazil and I trained with more traditional jiu-jitsu fans and the old school guys. And I tried to invert on them and they, they just, just smashed smash the hell out of me. <laughs> Small guys, big guys, it did not matter. The moment my ass left the floor to invert, <laughs> oh my God. <boom. laughs> I got pushed into the floor like I was nothing. I didn't weigh anything. And then they taught me. They taught me also something important. They taught me to use strength. They taught me a, a good part of like, use your weight. You're big. Don't 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 deny yourself something you already have. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah, sometimes I joke about it because like, I also really like to infer. I really like to do all that sort of stuff. But at the same time, you know, I intend on doing jujitsu till the day that I die. So I'm like, yeah, I'm doing this stuff now, but I better start working my half guard because. <laughs> When I'm like 82 and I have to roll with people, man, I'm just going to go into my half guard. I'm just going to sit there being smashed for six minutes. And when the guy just makes one little mistake, I'm going to get there on top. Go. I'm just going to put pressure. There you go. Choke as hard as I can. And be like, there you go. I'm, I'm already working on my butterfly. And, and you're, you're ahead because you, you're already a good half guard player. So you're ahead. And I said, I, I, the moment I tore my meniscus, I, I said, I'm not inverting anymore. That's done. I'm not doing it anymore. It's, uh, I'm going from half guard to butterfly. And that is it. If you want me to see me inverting, you, you're going to have to do some crazy stuff too. <laughs> I'm going to try. I'm going to try. Oh, man. Oh, good times. Good stuff. Good stuff. You, did, you went to Brazil too, huh? Uh, yeah, but so um, that's really funny though because I went to Brazil. Um, I actually lived there. I studied there. <sighs> yeah, yeah. This, but this was like way back when I like university days. I studied there for almost two years. Yeah. Really? Where? Um, two places. So in Rio Grande do Sul, like wow. Porto Alegre, and in yeah. Minas Gerais. Ah, uh, both of them have amazing food. They, yeah, actually, <laughs> Minas, they oof. really have amazing food. Incredible Those two places? Food, both. Like, the south is, like, for the beef, of course. Yeah. Oh, and if you're into wine, by the way. Yeah. For the beef, like, the churrasco in the south. The south the is, is, like is another level. 
Yeah, Shohasko is. Oh, come on. If you're, if you're listening no, to this we, podcast and guys, you don't know what Shohasko well, is. <laughs> you know, because normally when you, you go and have Shohasko, like in Brazil, but also here or everywhere, it's like a Hodizio, you know, they yeah. come with. But like when I went to the South back then, you could just say like, hey, I only want, yeah, whatever cut you want. And they just give you like the whole, you know, the whole sort with the beat, with the beat just for you. So if yeah. me say me, you and some other guys go, maybe you like, I don't know, what, what's your favorite? Um, picanha. Yeah, me picanha. Okay, so then it wouldn't work, but maybe <laughs> picanha, you do this, and then you just sit there, you have a beer, and they, they bring you like the salad. So it was different because I only had it in the South that you can just say, ah, oh, I just want picanha. And they just, oh, okay. Boop. They just give you the whole thing. Oh, the whole sword. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The that's what they do. That's in the South. <laughs> oh, man. It's, oh, I, now I miss it. Oh, my God. Uh, and, uh, and why? Minas is great. But the funny thing, everybody thinks like, oh, so you're in Brazil. That's where, where you met Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And I don't think that people realize that Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, like, as an art and as in becoming popular, that it's still very recent because I was there like in the 90s, beginning of the 90s, and there wasn't much jujitsu going on. I was already doing martial arts, so when I went to these places, I looked for art, yeah, to train, to do something. It was not jujitsu. It was like, I trained there actually. I did uh, a little bit of uh, karate, to say it like more Portuguese, like karate, whatever. And actually, but there was actually like a Brazilian champion living there. So, you know, it was super good. But there was no jiu-jitsu to be found, I think, like beginning of the 90s in Minas. Of course, there were places where it was like, you really would have to look for it. It was like pre-internet. Of course, Rio, Sao Paulo, that would be different. But but there, no. In the middle, was it? I only came to, to learn of jiu-jitsu like here. Yeah. Okay. You went to Brazil and yeah, didn't is, do jiu-jitsu. It's, it's, no, it's too bad. It's too bad. Because imagine <laughs> I would have found it. Uh, maybe I would have quit uh, by now. It doesn't matter. But, oh my God, the red belt by I, now. Yeah, like and of, of course, later on I went. So now it was it, it, years it, ago. We went like on holiday with my family. Then I trained, but that's different. Yeah, that's absolutely, man. Oh my God, it was amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. But you did find jiu-jitsu at the right moment, I think. When I it showed up, it, it showed up. And that was great, man. Oh, that is awesome. But I, I like training in Brazil. I only trained at like one place, but I, which was like a small place. But I liked it because there were like um, young kids, old guys, everybody. But everybody, you know, I, I, I like the structure of the class. I, I know that some people nowadays are really into um, more the American way more like a whole structured curriculum, et cetera, et cetera, a whole structured class, like different classes for beginners, for maybe mm-hmm. women, for the young, for the old, et cetera, et cetera. And I understand that and it has its value, but I liked it when I trained in Brazil because I was, it was like a really funny story. So <laughs> I didn't know anyone. We, we went to Salvador, Bahia, which is like a really nice place. To <clears throat> so I just looked on the internet like, hey, where can I train? Then I gave them a call. It was actually a Gacy Bass and they were okay. super nice. And so I spoke to this guy and he said like, Hey, you know, he was already talking to me. Like he knew me for like 10 years. So I was like, Hey man, good at your <laughs> Yeah. Just come in. So I went there. <clears throat> it was in the gym and class would start at four. When I was there at four, there was no one. 
and the girl behind the counter she said like so i said like hey you know i come for the jiu-jitsu training and she looked at me like i was like this dim with a child she said for jiu-jitsu she said, but no those guys are always late they're never here before five you know <laughs> the training would start so that slowly people started coming in but once everybody was there the training was like short warm-up professor showed like one technique and then we just rolled yeah everybody yeah. young old everybody rolled super hard yeah. it was like this place in salvador close to the beach you feel the breeze everybody was just rolling rolling that was it yeah afterwards yeah. just have a chat just talk have fun you know yeah yeah, I really like that style of training. <laughs> it was it was just like that when I when I got to Brazil and I I got to Juquinha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Juquinha is a really big uh, like one of the older guys trained with the other. He has a and uh, the same thing. I got there full of people. The first thing I said, I came there with my purple belt, feeling good. I looked at the mat. And people were just, there were not too many people, but then they started coming in. I think 20, 30 black belts, one after the other. A couple of white belts too. A couple of kids, women. It didn't matter. Old guys, new guys, everybody together. And just go. And it was literally what he did was a, a short warm-up. Let's warm a little bit. Run, push-ups, stuff like that. Get, get the body warm. And then we, uh, one technique, one technique, but we did the one technique in, uh, uh, against various people, like almost fighting. Okay, we're going to do this and try to do it. And then after that, it was sparring without end. The sparring never ended. The black belts got to choose who they wanted to fight with. That's true. It's true. Half of us stayed on the sides watching and then half was fighting and then that half came out and then. And then it kept going until somebody gave up and then you took their place and then... Uh... Yeah, but it's, it's funny because I like that way of training and of course I can see that, you know, maybe that's not the way to like grow a school or whatever, whatever. Because also in Brazil, people are going away from that if you look at like Alianza, you know, like... Yeah, so Fabio Bojel did an amazing job, by the way. Yeah, they're also moving away from that style of training, you know, complex or something different, of course. But yeah, it, it has its it, it has its um, it has its fun bits. But like, also my teacher we talked about this a lot because you know when you have a team you, you think about hey how should I structure classes? Let me learn from people that already do this. And he, he said too that like uh, he used to do it like that, but like now for example white belts um, he doesn't let them spar up until they've reached a certain level. And I think that what we forget is that in Holland, as teachers, we're sort of like lucky and sort of have the easy job. Well, I do, because a lot of the people that come into my gym or team, whatever, they already have some sort of background. They actually look for jujitsu um, and then they come, or maybe they already did jujitsu or they look for a certain team. So they already have a background. Maybe they did some kickboxing, maybe they did some karate, maybe they did some judo, whatever. So the starting point is already, they're, they're already quite fit. Or I know you too, I know you teach some, some cops, for example, or guys in the fire brigade. Yeah, they're already fit, you know. They already know how to, like, take care of themselves. But yeah. when, as it gets more popular, you're going to get people on the mat that don't know anything, that don't have a notion of fighting. 
one time I was also teaching in, in Harlem, you know, this, this small city close to Amsterdam and two guys came on the mat. They were school teachers. They were like, um, I think in their fifties, maybe even beginning sixties. And they came onto the mat because there was this program going on and somebody from my team, actually Jasmine, she did like a program with the kids at the school and they, they saw that and they liked it so much that they said like, Hey, we want to come train. Super cool. Right? Awesome. So then they came into my class because uh, Jasmine sent them obviously, but they were like a little bit older. They didn't know anything. They had no, so for you and me, it's strange, but they had no notion of fighting. So me, I come from a, so, you know, I, I come from a background where, you know, I had a good life, had an easy life. My parents worked hard to provide, et cetera, et cetera. Never, I was a good kid. But even me as a kid, I've been in fights. But these guys, you know, different life, different country also. <clears throat> they had no notion of fighting. And then jujitsu can be very abstract. They just, you know, yeah, why should you shrimp? Why should you this? And, and that's when I realized that some of the things that maybe I personally... Um, didn't give a lot of value to that they became valuable so for them to like translate the real world into their jiu-jitsu experience i started with teaching them more like self-defense type techniques because then at least i could sort of break it down why you have to do certain things like talk to them about distance yeah. distance management you know stuff like what you know the grazies in a traditional way get a lot of um slack and me too, because, you know, there's a lot of marketing there. And, you know, I, I'm not like this, this, you know, you have all these, uh, shall I say, you have these guys for whom self-defense is everything. And I think that self-defense is like super broad. Yes. It's much more than jiu-jitsu. It has a lot to do with stuff that have nothing to do with fighting. But anyway, just to make it sort of understandable for them, I had to like go back to like, Hey, so just imagine that somebody wants to grab your wrist. Okay, now we're going to, you know, make the circle movement to get rid of it. Stuff like that, you know, like super basic and super simple and self-defense focused. Because, yeah, those guys didn't come to compete. They didn't come to, like, roll with you or tap you, whatever. They had no clue. They just, so, you yeah. know, just, just saying, like, hey, even your own maybe prejudices or whatever, dogmas, you know. When, when it gets bigger and when you have to teach more people, you're going to see like, hey, okay, no, I shouldn't let these, maybe it's also common sense, I shouldn't let these guys, because of course, I'm 48, but I'm already a black belt. But if you're like 56 and you're, you, you're a white belt, that's different. You know? I shouldn't throw them to the wolves, I, I just not. The wolves. And that's also what Augusto told me, he said like, it was very funny, he said no. I can't let them spar. They won't survive, you know? <laughs> yeah, they will hate it. No, that's true. <laughs> They'll hate it and they'll leave. So, whereas in the beginning, me too, I was one of the persons like, no, you have to spar since day one because, you know, that's jiu-jitsu. You have to overcome the hard... I'm, I'm still like in the middle on this, by the way. You yeah. have to overcome the hard times and it's, you know, I say, pressure makes diamonds, stuff like that. Damn, that's true. At the same time, yeah, as your school is going to grow, or maybe not even your school is going to grow, but if you, if you come into contact with more people, different people, like, hey, maybe I should. I, I, more. So we tried it also at our team. We, we did like a, a white belt half hour before the normal training. 
Oh, that is uh, good. Like that is really good. That's good. That's good stuff. Yeah, but but you can only do that if you've got like a batch of white belts coming in. Yeah, if you have one a little white, bit, then one white belt coming in, you're not going to do that. Uh, but we did it for a while. Then it sort of, you know, because especially my team, everybody just likes to spar and to, to do stuff. I remember. Or you do it. <laughs> Things escalated into something else. But uh, I do realize that w- one of the greatest. St- the, the the people that teach me the most stuff are those white belts. When they have to, when they come over and like, what is jujitsu? Why do you For do sure. this? And everything like that. It makes us rethink. It makes us think like, why is it that we shrimp? Because in Brazil, the only thing they taught us shrimp. Why? Because I said so. Yeah, <laughs> but but I mean, that, that's the traditional way of teaching in in right. all martial arts. It's like, hey, you know. No questions until yeah. you're like a certain level that I can talk to you. <laughs> At brown belt, <laughs> you can, can start making questions. Yes. Yeah, purple. So purple. <laughs> so and now stuff just like... do as I say because you don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that is so true. That is so true. And that is one of the things that I... Uh, now they teach me a lot. These white belts teach me a lot because they go and ask me questions that for me are so natural. So sometimes we do a move and we naturally do that move. And then we get to that... that and we're like, why did you do that? Oh, how did you do that? I said, you know what? I don't know. I have no idea. I have to admit to them. I said, I don't know how I did that. I have no idea. It just happens. And then I have to break it down in my head and it makes me a better fighter. It makes me a better teacher. It makes me a better fighter because I understand why I'm doing it and for what reason. That is amazing. White belts. I mean, if anybody there is already at a, at a, at a nice, let's say a high purple belt, brown belt or black belt, teach teach because it, it, it will teach you a lot more than you think and that's really true that's really super true yeah well still learn every day from every day man. this is an amazing sport <laughs> so julio a question for you so oh, i get questions <laughs> yeah of course because we're just talking about you know teams jiu-jitsu whatever yeah. so do you do a lot of takedowns with your students I started because, because I noticed that you have some schools that do some schools that don't at all whatever yeah. I am name? I am a I used to be a natural guard puller and then I started competing in Brazil at brown belt level and they if you if you're a guard puller they already gave you the idea from you're starting at the wrong end of this especially heavyweight right oh especially heavyweight you're starting in the wrong i mean you're gonna out of your own free will take all this pressure at once so no i started doing uh judo judo i started getting judo and i i I focused my mind and i told my teacher my i got a personal friend it was a black belt in uh, judo and wanted to learn jiu-jitsu so i got him and i said i just want to learn one thing I want to do one thing only. I'm going to do Uchimata until I am the best Uchimata guy around. I don't want to learn. Wow. This is actually and my favorite throw as well. Uchimata. Really? Yeah, there you go, my brother. Uh, and, I think uh, if, if you're a guard puller, maybe this is the only one that you can actually do. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> so I told him, teach me just this. And then from there, we build everything around it. And I spent all the time oh, doing uchimata, cool. uchimata, uchimata, uchimata. And it did help. It did I help because I lost, I lost my fear from standing up, you know. And in my mind, it was the fact, if the guy takes me down, he takes me down to what I like to do already. And then I started teaching my students. I said, guys, you have to start standing up. This whole 
game starts on your feet. If you do, if you pull somebody down, pull them down in a way that they're so disadvantaged and in such a bad position that they have to be defensive for the rest of the fight. And yeah, it's, it's really funny because for me it was actually the other way. So first of all, I think takedowns are super important, especially when you teach. What your strategy strategy is for competition, that's a different discussion because then you're just yeah. going to go into your A game. And if your A game yeah. is guard, then you should, by all means, do that. I do that yeah. as well. But I think, you know, when you teach, you try to give people a certain foundation. And once they have the foundation, they'll, they'll you know, construct their own game. And takedowns are an important part of that or also for them to, you know, but you know every fight starts standing as well um, but for me it was different I actually started people don't believe this when I say it I actually started as a white belt I only did takedowns and passes <laughs> I, you, I don't believe a word you say I don't believe a word you say I played no, in your guard if, if you look better, back at it <laughs> so I started training with guys from Ricks and Gracie okay. you know yeah they were blue belts at the time but still they were good teachers and that's of course a more traditional school so yeah they're gonna teach you at least some takedowns you know mm. um and i thought that was jujitsu that you know it was like judo and once you fell down it just continued so i, I started doing that just pop, take down try to pass well try to make the takedown because it didn't always work out obviously and try to pass and one day i went to this competition and i tried to play that it was ah, it was like back in the day she had this competition called Limburg Open. It's like in Belgium oh, yeah. somewhere. Anyway, I went there and I was going to do the same thing. But this time I met up with, with the judo guy who was like, well, you know me, I'm like tall and skinny. And he was like short and stocky. So he didn't, he, he was already like under my hips and he just threw me like so hard. But I was lucky and in bad luck because he threw me out of the mat. So I didn't land on the mat, but like on the, like the hard surface. But it hurt like crazy. At the same time, it was no points because you know. So the oh bad luck was hurt. The good thing was it was no points. Uh, I'd rather give him the points. <laughs> they went back to the middle of the mat, and he did it again. Boom! And then he ended up in my close guard, but he couldn't pass the close guard, so he won two zero. Then at that competition, you could also do the open class, even if you didn't medal because I didn't medal. Mm -hmm. Ah, the open class. What do I see? My first fight in the open class with this same guy. I was like, man, what am I going to do? My then teacher, Remco, he said like, hey, uh, whatever you do, uh, don't go for the takedowns. Just pull guard. And I was like, oh, you can pull guard. He said, yeah, just pull guard. Just grabbing and, you know, just pull guard. Just sit down and pull him into your close guard. So I did. Boom. Pulled him into the close guard. He couldn't get out. He tried to stand up. I just did like the white belt sweep. Like, you know, you, you grab both heels. <laughs> he fell down. Boom. I went to mount, you know, like the true white belt. See, maybe we're white belt. Right? Like, it works. Belt. It works. And then uh, when I mounted, he, you know, he turned away. So I was on his back. So in the end, I didn't choke him or anything. But in the end, I won with like, I don't know, say sweep. So with like 10-0, yeah? And I was like, wow, this shit works. This stuff mm -hmm. works. And then I had another fight with a guy that was not so strong, like physically. That was like, 
hey, you know what? I'm going to do it again. <laughs> and I just did it again for the whole competition and I ended up in like third place. And I was like, and ever since that day, I've been pulling guard. <laughs> you stuck with the recipe for success. And that is amazing. I was like, I'm sorry, this worked. I'm not even that tired. This really works. <laughs> yeah, it, it, that's the best part. Uh, that's the best part. It doesn't make you tired. Once you pull guard, you can breathe, you can do stuff, and you do stand up. Oh my God. And, and of course, I have the, you know, I'm a guy with a long limp. So it's, so then I just did close guard. And then at some stage, the close guard wasn't working anymore. All my teammates or even in competition, everybody knew because it's actually hard as people get better. You don't, they're not going to give you the close guard. No way, sure. you know. And then I talked to my teacher and I was like, man, I'm stuck in the close guard. And then they break it open, don't know what to do. And I had a private with them. And then that private, he showed me like spider guard. It was like one hour private, super good. What to do, spider guard from the knees. When the guys stand up, or when the guy, when he stands up, he walks away. That was the private. I was like, oh, spider guard. Okay. There you go. There you go. <laughs> oh, man. So it's all super simple. But no, but when I teach, I think it's really, because I actually, oh, and there's also one thing. In Nogi, I don't like to pull guard. In Nogi, I mean, I do pull if it's like IBJF rule set. But in general, I don't like to pull guard. In Nogi, I just, uh, <laughs> I'd rather be on top. I'd rather be on top. So, so yeah, I think the takedowns are important to teach. And it, it's, also fun. it's also fun. That is the most part of it. I fun. mean, the, the best part of it is fun. I went to a Naga competition. There's some... Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not super good at them. Not at all. But it's No, fun. but it's fun. It's fun to be in stand-up and trying that stuff. I was in the Naga competition against a Sambo fighter. And he was a world champion sambo fighter. I said, I have to do stand-up. I have to try this. <laughs> I have to know what he does. I have to learn. And I was I, I lost to him at the at the at the very end because of seconds. I was like, oh, my time is passing. Because he was he was a purple belt or something like that. It was he wrote himself into advance. But he was a world champion sambo fighter. And wow. I was like, I have to know what the takedowns yeah. are. I have to try it. And it was so cool. We went from one point to the mat. He threw me to the other point, And I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is great, man. We have to enjoy the fighting, too. We have to enjoy those, uh, those moments, those uh, opportunities we get. Yeah, that, that's one thing, though. Oh, yeah, that's another thing that I wanted to ask you about or maybe talk with you about. Because um, I, I think in the other podcast that you did, you guys also talked about competing and... Yeah. Um, what was it that you say that, um, yeah, competing should be fun, but that also um, you shouldn't let yourself be defined by competition or some stuff to that, stuff like that? I do. I do believe that. If I go to the competition, especially nowadays, my problem with it is uh, I used to go to competition so nervous so incredibly nervous. I thought it was, I, I, I knew that other people were nervous too, but I used to get silent and my stomach would hurt and I couldn't <laughs> eat and I, I used to go to the competition I used to arrive to the competition and then immediately go to the toilet because my stomach was so bad and I, I felt horrible until to the point where I started fighting and I didn't care if I lose or win anymore I tried to I tried to fight the fighter not do the competition I used to be interested more in the person I'm going to go against, what they're going to do, see if I could learn, 
turn it into a game of uh, let me ask question and answer. Let me see what I can do to my own game from what this person can teach me, you know? And from that point out, I relaxed so much that I was having a lot more fun doing competition. So I didn't, I threw away if I would win or lose and I would go more for, let's see how this fight will go. What can I do? What can I try? Is there something new I can see? What is like with, without necessarily, like I'm going to go with a game plan. I was going to go much. Let me, let me see what you do if I do this. Let me see what you do if I do this. And if I do, oh, you made it wrong. You made a mistake and I got you. That's more how I went into it. And it, it, it didn't become anything more of like, I have to focus and everything like that. Ah, I focus a little bit. I focus on how my, what my, my opponent is doing a little bit, watch him and then see what I would do. To, to answer his questions, what I, I see him like placing, doing the same exact game, and then ask myself, what would he do? Like if it's a foot locker or a leg locker, what would he do if I start the fight on my knees? If he pulls guard and then I just drop on my knees in his half guard, let's see if he would, what would he do? Or what if I stay away? Whatever. It's become more fun this way. And I've won a lot more. It's, it's, it's funny because I mean, I mean, I think that people are also different mentally, of course, and what's mm -hmm. going to work for one is not going to work for somebody else because I mentioned this because I'm actually different. I'm, I'm on the opposite end of the specter. So, <laughs> of, of course, a win or a loss in Jiu-Jitsu cannot define you because even guys like Bushesha, even guys like Rudolfo or, yeah, or current generation like Muhammad Ali, you know, Mirigali, Keenan, in Jiu-Jitsu, everybody loses. So if, if you're just going to let the outcome define you as a person, that, yeah, it's just not going to work because you're going to lose. One thing is guaranteed in Jiu-Jitsu, you're going to lose. That is <laughs> absolutely true. Time or another, yeah. But on the other hand, um, even though, yeah, it's a game, it's a sport. Um, if you win, you don't get anything except like a, a medal or and especially yeah. you know i fight in the master's division so it's not as if you're going to be like world famous whatever but still um I, i'm not like super competitive with everything but yeah when i go on the mat for me it's like important to actually have a strategy and to really have a strategy strategy and to try to win and there's a lot of people um, that look down on people winning by advantages but I'm not like that at all because, you know, it's a game and you want to win it that moment, of course. So it's not the most important thing in the world, but during those five minutes or those 10 minutes, whatever, it is. Just during that time, it's super important. And um, I'm the type of person, I have a strategy. And if within that strategy, and it's, a, it's like a, a tournament with more fights, and I know that now I'm up one advantage or two advantages um yeah i'll keep those advantages i'm, I'm, I'm not gonna like open up because hey i want to look good or it's fun no let's get on to the next fight it Some is... people, and, and you hear people like on podcasts like yeah or on social media like yeah but he only won by an advantage so just in general or yeah but he won on points you know how hard it is if somebody's like to get that one point back. <laughs> <laughs> especially really once you get to you the whatever. same level at the uh, same category yeah, I'm like yo you guys are talking on social media it's not that 
If you are in black belt and you're competing at a high level and you're against somebody else at a high level, a small mistake could be everything. And if you can get an advantage out of that, please keep that advantage. There's no such thing as having shame for an advantage. I've been... And in, 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 in fact, so like, you know, jiu-jitsu is great for competition mm -hmm. because you can compete in a timing gi jiu-jitsu, but also no gi because you can compete in a very safe manner. There are weight classes, there are belt levels, there are even age divisions every five years. You know, it's, it's great. So there's really no... You don't need to be, of course, as a human being, you're always scared uh, to a level, but you don't really have to be, rationally speaking. You don't need to be scared to compete. Yeah. You know, even <laughs> like emotionally, it's something different, of course. Um, but it's very hard in Jiu-Jitsu to fight and not make mistakes. And the, I, um, so in purple and in brown, I won the Europeans. And in black, I medaled one or two, two times. Oof, oof. But what I want to say is like, I only won when I won. It was like the most boring fights ever yeah. when I won. So when I won, I won like, I don't know, I had like three fights or something. And I like won all of them on advantage. But, you know, why is that? Because for me as a person, and that's just me as a person, if I don't make mistakes, the chance of me winning goes really up a lot. And it's really strange, but if you're conservative, yeah, then the chance of you making a lot of mistakes are less, you know? So in those five minutes, I'm trying to win. So if I'm just conservative, if I have a game plan, if once I'm up with an advantage, or if I'm, you know, playing a smart game, that's going to help me. I think it's important. That works for me. Having said that, I have a student and a friend, by the way. I don't know if you know him, like Ty. Tyron, he does MMA now. Yeah, he's a totally different animal. He, he just comes onto the mat or into the ring. He just go with it. He's the type of fighter that just says, hey, man, I, I'm, just here to, I, I, I'm just here to bang. You know, I've just got to go yeah. with it. And that works perfectly for his psyche. But yeah, for yeah. my psyche, it's more like, no, I need to have a plan. I need to be calculating and not to make mistakes and try maneuver like this. So, so I, 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 and I with students, I also say this. I say, hey, it's good to have a plan. If you know that, it's also good not to have a plan, you know. <laughs> I think the most important thing is go. Go, fight, and discover these things about yourself. Because yeah, if you end really up fun. looking at every single person, they all have a different way of doing it. Everybody's all, I, I remember one time I walked... And, and sometimes there's a combination of these things. Because, yeah, you have a plan, but then the guy does something. Like, oh, shit. Okay, now, I walked we, just, past, now we just have to go. <laughs> I walked past André Galvan when he was in the Europeans here. And he had this... And I was like, oh, my God, that's André Galvan. So I walked only past him, and he's way shorter than me and yeah, so much bigger <laughs> it was the europeans one where he broke somebody's rib uh, with uh with a stack pass i was like oh my god I can't this believe. was 2015 right yes that i was in 2015 I, I was there too. oh you were there too where he like squeezed the guy over and i walked past him he, and he was it was in the, the year that he won a weight and absolute yeah, exactly yeah and exactly. gabby won it for the females yeah I watched that whole thing. I watched all his fights. And the whole time he was just moving, getting his things out and I passed him. And he had the earphones on and I could hear him blasting, blasting gospel music. 
the gospel music going off in his ears. It was like, hallelujah. He was in his zone. Yeah. He was in his, but everybody has their own thing. I wouldn't be able, I, yeah, I put music on, but I, I'm, I'm much rather walk around, talk a little bit, as if it was another day in, uh, in, uh, in training. It's, it's something in my mind works better that way. If I fight happy, I fight very good. If I fight stressed or something like that, it's, it's uh, useless. I freeze up. Yes, it's hard, right? Psychology is super it's, it's hard. The, super the, the psychology hard. part of that. It's, I tried doing plans. I tried getting into a planning uh, thing about that. But in my mind, if the plan broke, I so didn't know what lost. to do anymore. Yeah. I was lost. And I tried everything and help. And at this point, I, 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 I keep working on it. I mean, I can't wait for the competitions to come back and me to mm -hmm. go mm -hmm. in there. Yeah. make friends again make fighting experiences again and uh, try try to i always try to really get my points and really submit you know really do the the thing but i'm not specifically thinking about it I, i'd see what the person does so i can see how good i can react or how well yeah it's <laughs> fun it, it's fun because it, it's hard for yourself like hey how i'm gonna do it you know of course you have fears of course you're nervous etc etc i'm gonna have a plan or not what's even like harder and, and more rewarding also is like when you bring your students to compete they expect stuff from you <laughs> what you get in well, there. i mean and 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 they should but i mean for me my students are like um you know i really want them to have a good time <laughs> really want them to have a good time you know to enjoy themselves to enjoy oh, them to feel good about themselves basically that, that's what i really want for them yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember having students go to competition as well, and they were scared. They were scared. They were running away. They don't want to do it anymore. And I was like, "No, guys, come on. We're, we're gonna have fun. This is like a, a, It's not gonna reflect on you if you win or lose. It's gonna be good. You know, go in there, see what you can do. Try something weird. Try something weird. Do a takedown in an R bar. Go for it." <laughs> And then they go and they go like, this is the best feeling. I love it when white belts do their first fight and they come out of the fight. If they win, that they, they, they celebrate like the world championship. Ah! And it is, you know, and, 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 and that's, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, yeah, is it important? Like if you compare it to like, I don't know, hunger in the world, coronavirus, whatever. No, it's not important. But yeah, for man. those five minutes, it no, it's the most important thing. It is, it is, man. <laughs> Coronavirus, dude. How no, it's I, super cool because you also see uh, people grow. You see maybe this guy that in the gym is struggling. You see him at competition or her tearing you know, through everybody or the other way around. So, it's, uh, yeah. so, so for me, um, I don't think competition is the most important thing in the world. I don't think it's the only way to, like, improve your, your yourself at all at the same time it can really be a valuable tool and it can really help you to get to know yourself better see what you're capable of and i think it's super cool to be a part of that process both as a competitor for me i think it's valuable because yeah like you like everybody you're always a little bit scared or nervous or whatever um, but also to help people do that is, is super cool I mean, like, that is true. I think it's really important. And like I said, you know, sometimes in jujitsu, you see that um, people don't want to compete, and and sometimes there are really good reasons not to compete. 
But sometimes it's also like, hey, I don't want to get out of my comfort zone. And then I'm like, hey, if you look at these old guys playing football, like soccer, they compete every Saturday, right? And you too, if you're like an average person, not super into competition, yeah, how often are you going to compete? Like three, four times a year, maybe? Yeah. You, you can do that. However busy you are, and you, you'll see, you'll get a lot out of it. It's fun because that you same student I was talking about earlier that said to me, like, hey, I'm already training for close to half year. I never submitted everybody, uh, everyone. That guy was, like, super light, mm-hmm. like 50 kilos or something like that. Then the competition came to town, and he, he said, like, hey, do you think I can uh, compete? Do you think I can, can register? Because, you know, I'm not doing so well. I said, yeah, man, go for it. No problem. I'll, you know, I'll roll with you a lot. And then, then I gave him the feedback. Yeah, go for it. So then he went to the competition and he did really well. He didn't or anything, but he fought really well. Why was that? Yeah, then he was in a competition bracket with only other guys of 50 kilos. And he could really like test himself in like the right way, you know. And then he was like, hey, it's fun. I'm actually not, I'm actually good, you know, so... It's it's an, it works it's in awesome. a lot of ways. Yeah, it's awesome, man. It is awesome. Yeah, we are in weird times right now. By the way, we are going through. Time. At certain points, some people even say, "This is the end of the world." Welcome. <laughs> How are you? No, no, I mean, it's definitely not going to be the end of the world. The end of humanity. I don't think so either. But that would be possible. But not the end of the world. The world's going to oh, be man. a long time after we've gone. <laughs> How do you feel about this? Do you think we can uh, safely return? Should we already return? Should we already go towards uh, Corona? My personal opinion, yes, end this all, let's go. But if you think like, no, it's, it's going good, let's take it easy. What do you think? Oh, that, that, that's a hard question. Because know, man. <laughs> for me personally, I'm like an irresponsible person in many ways. I'm like the guy that, so imagine you and me would be on the mat right now, then you'd be, you'd be like, hey, Shango, let, let's roll. Then be like, yeah, man, let's roll. No warming up, nothing. I would just roll. I'm that type of problem. guy. I have the same super, problem. Super dumb. And then after the roll, I'm like, ah, I feel it's, my back a little bit. Maybe I shouldn't have rolled with somebody 120 kilos without warming up. You know, but <laughs> I'm that person. This is how I got hurt the last time. Oh, the last time I got hurt was like with... Um, my friend, you also met him, Shupeta. You know, you Shupeta? wrote it. Yeah, the wow. black belt we, when we came to your training. Wow. Oh, Pedro Elias. Pedro, see, Shupeta. Oh, my God. I still want that guy to come back because I owe him yeah, something. Yeah, he'll come back. He'll come back. So, <laughs> I, I owe I was him a with sweep. Him and it was like cold and we, we were somewhere and the class was going to start in an hour. And, uh, you know, he's a super nice, chill guy. So I said like, hey, uh, professor, let's train. I said, yeah, let's train. But he's super good. He's a lot happier. But we trained for one hour straight hard. And after that, I went, ah, maybe I should have warmed up before exactly. going to trade with this kid. So I'm, I'm that type of guy. So if you now tell me like, so Shango, there's Corona, but um, hey, I've got 10 guys, let's train. I'd be like, yeah, let's train. Yeah. You know, because I'm that type of person. My health is good. Um, I usually never get ill. Yeah, maybe I'll get it. I'll get over it. That, that's how I would be, how I would, look at it at the same time um you know i'm one of the leaders of a team one of them i'm a teacher so i have to be i'm also responsible for other people and that's different so the thing that i would do for myself 
maybe I would not do for other people. Because from, yeah, if I injure myself, like I did that day, yeah, that's just me being stupid. No problem. But I wouldn't want to injure you. Especially not if you trust me, and by the way, you pay me to be your teacher and to like take responsible yeah. decisions. So, so that's a difficult part about this for me. Um, so I would, do I think it's safe to return? Yeah, I think it's safe to return. There's actually, if you really look at the statistics, if you, I like to really look at the facts, then you're going to see that there's not so much Corona going on. Mm-hmm. You see what the mitigating factors are. You see who is like a high risk. So I wouldn't teach high risk people. I would I talk to everybody like, hey, if you're a caregiver, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you're the guy that takes care of your grandparents. Hey, you know, take care. Um, I would buy one of those things so I can um, check your temperature, stuff like that. Put some precautions in place. But yeah, I, I think we can train. Same time, I would have a good conversation with everybody and say, hey, do you feel okay about this? Realize you're responsible for your health. Um, these are the precautions that I can take. Don't have to grow up too big. No guests coming from other regions or other places coming into the gym, you know, stuff yeah. like that. Uh, but yeah, so I think that with some precautions, um, I, I think it's safe to train for sure. Man, yeah. I mean, uh, I wise words, man. Wise words. I have nothing to add. But to then, me. that's you know, the way. It's... Now you call me up and say, like, "Hey, man, let's roll." And these guys are all. <laughs> I'll, like, hey, I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, true, true. We yeah. at the end of the day, we're also. But you have students, so you have to, you know, you have to take more into account. Yeah. Plus, I have an old mother at home, which I have to really lovingly oh. take care of, and oh. with all with all the loving in the world, so. I do watch out where I go and what I do. But at this point, I think the biggest scare of the situation is gone. And as you said, sure. there is nothing sure. I could add more. Sure. You said it perfectly, my brother. And yeah, sure. and, 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 and uh, yeah, that's about it. I think we because need more. I mean, there's less Corona now than in February and we were training then, you know, yeah. still here. We went to we went to London to the what's it called Abu Dhabi Grand Slam in March when Corona was just like yeah. exploding and we were like all the people that went there we were like for the weigh-ins we were like like few hundred people compressed into the small corridor everybody with you know just having cut weight and yeah or or I didn't get it or I got it and it's already passed or know. something. Whatever. Yeah, man. So, so I'm actually not that worried and scared. Uh, same time, yeah, just like I said, you're also responsible for others. Yeah. That's true. That's true. In that spirit of being responsible for others, my brother, there's also there's also this whole thing going on right now with the protests. That yeah. truly, the whole story it broke my heart. It broke Fair my enough. heart, and I I I've met with my fair share of the problem at hand the racism at hand i've met with it but how, how can we bring this back to jiu-jitsu because something that i do realize is that there is a lot of unity within the jiu-jitsu community and if there, there wasn't any not what i remember within the groups and the communities i was brought in 
there wasn't any racism, thank God. People were very, very cool and loving with each other. But if I if I look outside and I see that you pro that you were you were you you are active in it, and you as I wanted to ask you, man, how do we bring this back? Well, how what do we do? (laughs) It's hard to put it into words. It's It's hard to put it into words. It's a hard question. It's a good question. So we're talking about this before, and yeah, I think that with the recent incidents, a lot of people felt like, hey, it's not enough to just make like a post on Instagram about this saying that you think it's terrible that happened. So like the clicktivism is not enough. You really need to go out and be an activist. And um, so a lot of people did. Um, How do I see this going forward? I I don't, I, I think it's like a big step because also here in Holland, I think it's good that people are actually aware of this and that we're starting to have that conversation. Um, so one of the posts that I made was actually a photo of me at one of these protests and somebody actually reacted, a former Jiu-Jitsu student of mine, a nice guy, a uh, guy that I actually really like. He was from a small village well, he is from a small village. He still lives there and he would come and train with me. And he's a type of guy, he's a really, really cool guy that, you know, um, in his daily life, so he's like, uh, he's white actually, and he's actually from that village. And in his daily life, he, he doesn't get confronted with these issues at all. And he um, reacted to my post and he said, yeah, you can see this on Facebook. And he said like, hey, you know, um, I really wonder what's going on because I know you. So he knows me and uh, I know he's this really positive person with a smile, etc. And now I see these photos where, you know, also with the mask, of course. <laughs> you look different it, anyway. It looks anyway, cool. It looks yeah, cool. Your know, photo now, is cool. Now he, he saw these, these photos and he was trying to like reconcile those images and he was trying to he was like, hey, at the same time, he said, I respect you a lot. So I want to learn more about this because I don't look at it this way. I don't think it's like how you guys are making it up. But, you know, me being there, like triggered in him. And I thought it was super cool that he responded. And I was, it was super cool that he actually asked that question. He said, like, you know, we should drink a cup of coffee and talk about these things. And so that was one of the things that made me also look in the mirror because I was like, hey, that's one of the things though, because you said too that you experienced your fair share. I did as well um, from small things that are super annoying, but maybe it didn't change my life to bigger things. But at the same time, I rarely have spoken about these things with other people. And so I, I think that's really one of the, the key because nowadays with social media, everything, everybody's in their bubble. Yeah, you and me, we don't need to talk about this because yeah, we both maybe understand this or on the same page, whatever, but we don't talk about this with people who see it completely differently or who have different experiences. So that really opened up to me like, hey, as a person, I should not only become more active, but also more outspoken. And I mean, not outspoken in a way of just speaking because I think listening is like, maybe even more important than having a true dialogue, but I should also open myself up more 
for that through dialogue because yeah i understand that this so this guy comes from a village up in, in the north north Holland, and maybe some guy from i don't know Ost Groningen, like the, the northeastern part of this country is like yeah but why are these guys so concerned about Zwarte Piet? It's just a, you know, it's just a cool holiday. I get it that he thinks like that. And as he never talks to me, and that's also my fault, as I never talked to him about this, that when I was a little kid, I hated this. Because, you know, they were always saying to me, like, oh, they're your brothers, or the Zwarte Piet that came in. They would also <laughs> always, like, pull mm. me to them, put them on my, their lap, stuff like that. It was like a little child or... You know, the other kids would call me Swartapi the whole year round. And I was so happy when my mom said, like, oh, it's just a stupid holiday. It's actually racist. We're not going to celebrate this anymore. And I was super happy. I said, oh, it's actually not true. I'm not Swartapi. Whatever, you know. Yeah. It... But I've actually never spoken with people about this. So is, is this the worst thing in the world? No, of course not. But that whole way of thinking is the same way of thinking that in the end makes that a young kid growing up now uh, maybe will not get that job. You want to buy that house and you actually have the money but you know the broker the, the guy that sells the house actually like uh they rather sell to the to somebody that does not look like you and those things so like the whole smart people people calling you names yeah that's maybe not life-changing at all but that whole system of thinking it's a small seed that that, that you know it's it's, it's <laughs> part of that structure and 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 that's important so going forward i think it's just a lot about awareness and dialogue and i think that everybody uh, can play a part in that it's beginning a, with a, me because maybe i didn't do that enough mm -hmm. and like you i also say like hey you know um i did not experience it in the jiu-jitsu world at all which is super cool at the same time i did hear from other people like in the u.s because yeah jiu-jitsu is jiu-jitsu but it's part of a place yeah that in the u.s um that it's different but also, if you look at the origins of Jiu-Jitsu, um, and especially the Gracies, there was prejudice there. And yes. some of it, was, it wasn't like just around color, but also about social class, because Jiu-Jitsu was a martial, uh, it was like an art for the upper classes, right? The fight for the upper class was also super expensive. It's still expensive in a lot of places. Here, here it's not, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you... If you um, if you listen to podcasts with the guys from then, like also the black guys from then, it was rare for them to be in the team. If you, if you, if you listen to, to, to them, yeah. like, uh, what's his name? He's like one of the famous, uh, Oh, there's so many, man. Fabio Negal, stuff like that. He actually didn't even like being called Negal, by the way, but they gave him a name anyway, because he was yeah. the only black one. So, so the listeners, Negal was like, you know, Negal, like, he was like the only black guy <laughs> in the team. Yeah, so that's the true. Stuck anyway. And I mean, this day he has a school in Chicago. It's a super respected guy, blah, 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 blah. Um, but yeah, that's the origins. Like Helio Gracie, I think had one black student. And the poor people, it was not just about color, also about money. The poor people, yeah, they couldn't afford the geese. So they did Luta Lita or... They came from a lineage, not crazy, like, you know, GF team and stuff like that. They come from the, the guys from Ada, the, the, from the favela guys, and all from those the guys. And the, and the other, so the non-crazy lineages were more into teaching like the 
regular people. So yeah. that's also the truth. That's Maybe true. That's very true. true. But it's all. It is. It is. It is. It is. Yeah. It's good to it's see like that. that. I think that if you go to the to the academy of like say, you know, in the US you have all these. So the US is like different because there in California, you pay like for three hundred dollars a month for to go yes. with the Mendes so brothers, much. which I understand because they're the Mendes brothers. I I, I get that <laughs> at the same time, you know. I, I know. It's, 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 it's good that some other guys also do. So, of course, you, you need to make your money. And I think that they're doing great. Best fighters of all times. I think that they're super good teachers as well. Uh, but it's also good that, uh, and I think they do this as well, by the way, that they also have like a, so what, what they in Brazil call like social project, you know, teach yeah. some people for free, basically. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. it's such a beautiful thing that we're doing. Of course, we need to live from this, we need to eat etc but it's good if you can spread it because imagine that that wouldn't be the case if you look at guys like ah, yeah, you talked about Thierry, but also like Leandro Lowe guys like them would not be world famous if it wasn't for projects like that because they yeah. all started because somebody said like hey you can train for free here's a gi whatever here take this yeah that's true and that's also for us but maybe even for me yeah it's, yeah more stuff like that yeah man i think we need more love i think we need yeah, to it, hear it's each hard. other it's it's hard and yeah we, we we need to try and connect better and open ourselves up more but also to people with a different opinion because that's a problem nowadays just with how algorithms work you know yeah uh you only get into contact with content that like confirms your bias and that that is so true. Yeah, because that I, is I, so I, true. Yeah, because that's how algorithms. I I actually make an effort now, and that effort isn't making me happy at all. Um, that so I don't read the Telegraph. The Telegraph is like this. Um, yeah. I think it's like the biggest newspaper in Holland, and it caters to a certain demographic. So I do not read that normally because I do not consider their point of view my point of view but now with this whole thing going on the protest i actually make a conscious effort and i don't like it because i really don't like what they say to once in a while read that newspaper well on the internet of course and i don't you know but to at least say what see what they're talking about because i think it's rubbish but 70 percent of the population thinks that what's written there that's what's going on that's yeah. those people's perspective. That's yeah. where they reason from. So maybe me too should get off his high horse and have a look and read it and see like, hey, so that's why this person does not understand me. Or that's why this person takes this stance, you know? Yeah. Oh, again, that is exactly it. But yeah, step in, hard, step in but another yeah. person's shoes. Step into the other person's shoes. Yeah, yeah, it's hard because I read things there and I'm like, man, it's crazy. Hey, whoa, wait a minute. They're talking about me here. Yeah. <laughs> They're talking about <laughs> people like my kids here. But, you know, um, yeah. it has to be done. I have to get into a better dialogue. And I think that, especially here in Holland, uh, you know, we're very good at sweeping things under the rug and just pretending that, yeah, it's all okay. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> 
I know that is at least now there's a, a lot of attention brought to it, and with this opens up the possibility yeah, yeah. to 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 more things that need attention it's the yeah. kick in the door towards a, a planting a seed which a seed has been planted some time ago and it was the wrong seed that grew into a tree yeah. and, that, and, 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 and don't don't forget because um it's, it's funny because like you i also say um like hey the jiu-jitsu community um there's no prejudices or i didn't experience uh, them as a person which is super good oh, yeah but maybe there are different prejudices though. Like, you know, how's it for women, for example? I was super okay. happy that we had go. some more women in our team, but we now have, I think, four or five. Well, one time we were on the mat, we had like five or six ladies. I was like, yeah, it's going well. Finally, the women are showing up, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, if you take a step back, you know, that's not great at all because yeah, women are like 50% of the population so you know <laughs> I think four I on the mat even though I was super happy uh, yeah yeah we can do better you know or well let me I mean if, if are we providing you know the right environment I mean as a community for them to train in yeah. I hope to think that I am I'm trying to at least but time will tell <laughs> That's something we can, we, it's really and, hard. And I mean, the women I train with are all killers. <laughs> yes, they are. Yes, they are. Killers, like super killers. So. <laughs> that is true. How, how would they, and yeah. it's, it's almost impossible for us men to put ourselves in a situation to think, to look at our gym yeah, and say, what would women want from this? And it is because it is, most of the gyms you walk into and you, ah, smells like men. Good. <laughs> This is the place I have to be. It smells like blood, sweat, and tears. I see. And yeah. What are the little details that make it a little bit more, 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 more stuff? We have to live more in each other's shoes. We have to live more in each other's You lives. know, and to talk about um, women in the, in, in the game, that, that's an easy conversation because I think that most people see that it's important or that it should be inclusive in that sense but how, how about the thing that maybe especially in the fighting community is more taboo how about like hey so what about if this gay person comes in, in in the gym now then i think that most people would be like hey you know as long as i don't know it's okay but you know there you go is that leading by example is that yeah. fair will the person then uh, will the person have to hide who he is the whole time exactly because I, I i i um i think that in most gyms so in the u.s army they had this policy don't ask don't tell you know so like hey as long as i don't know it's cool so and i think that in most gyms it's, it's like that like hey as long as i don't know it's cool however you know is that fair and so, so somebody wants to get and then that one is harder because the other one yeah we should have more women yeah no we shouldn't be racist yeah of course not of course not but if you now say like yeah, yeah hey yeah so how about gay guys in the, in the, in the team how oh, 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 oh. they'll sleep together in a room or even in a bed hey no <laughs> there you go there you go it's getting you know, harder these with your own prejudices yeah <laughs> instead of looking with love and seeing that person as a person right as a human oh that is that is some weird stuff there's another one i i have so many questions but we've been going on for so long i i don't know what to do oh man yeah oh this was a good one 
my brother, I think we're going to have a part two very yeah, soon. Yeah, we should. We should. We should. <laughs> This was really good. And I hope to I hope God, we can have that one on the mat, though. And then I'll, yeah. Yes. And then I want to learn something from you. I want to learn a technique. Maybe we could put that up too. There's going That's to be, you're cool. uh, yeah. going to do some giveaways in the future again. We got some, uh, some more stuff yeah. from our sponsors. And Chango, those were amazing. That was yeah, some amazing it was wisdom. It was, it was good fun. Yeah. Awesome to hear from you. Awesome to talk to you. Uh, everything went perfectly well. My brother, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end it today here. I hope everybody that watched this or is going to watch this is going to love it. And, um, and but it's keep the love going, I would say, in, in this whole beautiful message. Yeah, man. Uh, God, th thank you very much for, you know, the opportunity to, to talk a little bit. For, ah, my pleasure. Um, yeah, that's it, basically. So I just hope when we meet again, we'll meet on the mat. <laughs> really hope so let's do it let's do it let's do it. we might do it sneakily eventually <laughs> yeah, if it goes on for a long time then then i will not be able to control myself anymore then we'll just you know just be fight club somewhere but yeah. there's a i'm uh, I'm, i'm i'm advising yeah, everybody to, yeah yeah let's let's say let's let's not talk about fight club just yet <laughs> <laughs> we're not allowed to all right everybody watching thank you so much Oof, thank this, you. This was Chango. Follow him on Instagram. And uh, I will end it right now.